Hi everyone, this is your host, Walter, age 36, coming to you live and local. They say the girls have more fun, but they never met the boys. This is Boy Talk. Boy Talk. This is Boy Talk. What's up, bitches? Welcome back to Boy Talk. This is episode 10. I've missed you all so much. This is not Walter. It's Cody. You know who it is. I'm always here living my best life with y'all. But I wanted to introduce myself as Walter because if you're following me on Instagram, you already know this story. But someone made a fake grinder with my pictures. Literally, they took a bunch of pictures from my Instagram and they made a fake account, right? And so on this fake account, they called me Walter. Ew. If you're going to catfish somebody, please do not use the name Walter. (laughs) I feel personally offended. And it wasn't just me. I had at least 13 or 14 DMs from you all being like, Walter, that is insulting. And I was like, yeah, I know, right? And to be even more kind to me, they were trying to claim that I was 36 years old. I'm 23, y'all. Like, I am nowhere near that age. And I don't think I look very old. Like, do I look like I'm 36? (laughs) I don't know. It was kind of funny. But what's not funny about this is that this happens to me a lot, right? And I thought that it was kind of normal. Like, people are going to take photos of you because you put them on the internet or whatever. Because it's been happening to me since I was like 16, right? So I first started on social media with a Tumblr blog. I know, throwback, right? And on my Tumblr blog, like I mainly just like re-blogged things. And it was kind of like an aesthetics or whatever blog. Kind of like what Pinterest is now with, you know, the younger kids these days. But yeah, I had like this aesthetic blog. And every now and then I would post selfies of myself. Like I would just take a cute picture and I would post it. Well, I had thousands of followers, and that's when someone first took my photos. I was like 15, right? And they took my pictures, and they made a fake Instagram. Like, this is when Instagram was first, like, coming about, and so it was easier to make these fake accounts. And they were trying to pose as me, and I remember that they had named themselves Jackson. And, like, I didn't hate that. I was like, okay, I could look like a Jackson, but a J name? Offensive. And it's not just then. I've had people fake grinders. I've had people fake Tinders, uh, Instagrams, Facebooks. Like, you name it, someone has used my photos on that site trying to claim to be me. Recently, before this grinder account, someone made a fake Instagram of me. And they made a fake OnlyFans trying to get people to subscribe to my secret OnlyFans to get people's money. It's just crazy. Like, I never thought that that would happen. And for someone like me... I don't feel like I'm the kind of person that you should steal my photos. Like, if you're gonna catfish, like, catfish someone who's, like, actually really good looking. Like, don't get me wrong. I look at it this way. Like, I am normally a six, right? Humbly, happily, a six. With the right outfit, I'm an eight. Right lighting, an 8.5. And you catch me on the right day with the good attitude, I'm a nine. But you know what I mean? I'm a 10 mentally all the time, but physically not. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. I don't need to be a 10. I have, you know, talent and brains and all those other really unattractive qualities. I'm just kidding. It's super attractive to be smart and funny and nice and all those good things too. But long story short, I really don't feel like I'm someone that you should catfish. My photos are not that enticing. 
I just personally feel that way. So it's always so strange to me that people would choose me. I guess is that kind of like the point? Like you have to find someone who's average looking to make it more realistic. You know what I mean? Like, I guess if I were to put myself into shoes of someone who might be catfishing, if you get someone who's too good looking, that's normally a good sign that you're getting catfished. So maybe it's just, I am average enough looking that they think they can get away with catfishing with my photos. Who knows? But anywho, it's just a wild ride. People stealing my photos, calling me Walter, saying I'm 36, making grinder counts. Just so you guys know, I said on my Instagram, but I'll say it here too. I am not on any dating apps. My social medias are all public. I do not have duplicate social medias. The only thing I have is a second TikTok account, which I literally use to moderate my lives. That is it. So if you see someone trying to claim to be me on social media, and it's not one of my public social medias that are all linked together by my little flow page link in my social channels, it's not me. If you talk to an account that used my photos, I'm super sorry, was not me, unless it's my public profiles, like my Instagram, my Twitter, my TikTok. It's just, you gotta be safe, you gotta be smart out there. So I figured since, you know, I'm now, <laughs> out and about as Walter, age 36 on the prowl, it would be a great week to talk about dating apps. So let's get into it. The good, the bad, the wild and crazy, and the ugly with it. All right, y'all. It's that time of the podcast. I need you guys to please like and subscribe to the podcast. I need you to leave a review on Apple Podcast. I need you to share it with your friends. I am doing this alone. I have no sponsors. I'm not getting paid for this. It costs money to produce the shows and I want to keep doing it and I'm going to keep doing it. But your guys' support is so important. I need the likes, the comments, the downloads, the shares. So please, 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 whatever you can to help me. I really appreciate that. Alrighty, so let's jump into it. Dating apps. Let's go through some basics first. I love to start with that so we're all on the same page. Dating apps have been around for a while now, right? Like dating websites were first the thing back before the smartphone became common when we were using razors and flip phones, right? And they evolved into the dating app. I think that anyone would agree that our main dating apps that are, you know, mainstreamed at the moment are really your Tinder, your Bumble, and then it's your like second tier, which is like hinge and grinder for gays, like that kind of thing, right? Besides that, there are a bunch of other dating apps that people use, but those are the ones that I think are most prevalent and realistic. What are the functions of dating apps? Well, it's for you to be able to date people online. So you meet them through the internet and then you can either meet in person if you choose to, or you can FaceTime or whatever. Maybe it is going to be a distance relationship. I know some people who have met on dating apps and live across the country and they make it work and that's cool for them. But yeah, so basically the point is that you get on there and you meet other singles or people who are looking to meet other people. And they're a lot of fun and I think that they're really great in a lot of ways, which we're gonna go through soon. But basically, when you get a dating app, they all have the basic same setup. You have to make a profile. So you normally add some photos of yourself. It changes every platform. And then you have like a bio. So you write a little like paragraph about who you are and what makes you so unique and special. Um, <laughs> I say that in like a little bit of a condescending way because a lot of people don't use bios the way that they should. Uh, story time real quick about bios. I always use bios really well. I think they're really great if you're going to be on a dating app because 
no one wants to waste their time messaging with someone that they don't even have any compatibility with. At least I don't personally. Um, so I try to put a little information, like some basics, like who I am, like what you need to know about me, what some of my interests and hobbies are. And then being gay, I like to kind of hint that I'm a bottom because I'm a bottom, meaning I need to date a verse or a top. I can't date another bottom. Personally, it's not for me. Like, I don't want to date another bottom. I'm looking for someone who I'm compatible with sexually, right? But yeah, I know a lot of people will just put like two lines in their bio and I'm like, what am I supposed to do with that? And people will argue that no one reads the bios these days, but I disagree with that completely. Like, I think that reading the bio really helps you get to understand if the person that you matched with based off of looks is even worth your time the message. But I digress. You have a bio and some people fill it out and some people don't. And then depending on the app you're on, there are different features and functions, right? Some apps will have like, you can add your Spotify or Apple Music to it and you can put your like favorite songs or they'll have things like prompts where you can answer questions like, what does a perfect day look like to you? Um, some will even go as far as for you to put things like, do you want children? Do you drink? Do you use recreational drugs? Like stuff like that so it could help you find someone else that you're compatible with. But that's the basics of dating apps. And so you go on these apps and the function of them is you match with people who you find physically appealing and then you spark a conversation, you get to know each other and hopefully you go on a date or you hook up or whatever you're trying to do with the app. One thing I think a lot of people don't recognize about dating apps is you need to understand what you're going in for, right? Some people use dating apps as a means for hooking up and that's it. Like they are literally just there to get a quick fuck and then they're out. And then they're on to the next person on that dating app. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just how they use it. Other people use it to casually date, meaning they don't want anything serious. They're just looking for people to hang out with. Like they want to take you to dinner or they want to be taken to dinner. They want to go to a bar with you. They want to go to a concert. Like they want to hang out for a little while. They want to go get coffee, but they may not be actually looking to find a long-term partner. And that's okay too. It's another great way. It's casual dating. Totally normal. You're totally allowed to do that. And then there are people who actually use dating apps for that, dating, finding long-term partners, trying to get off of dating apps. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that, that you need to know what you're doing when you sign up for a dating app. If you don't understand like your purpose for being on that platform, how can you successfully use the platform? It just boggles my mind when like some people will be on dating apps and they're swiping for people and they're matching with people and they're chatting with people, but they don't have any idea what they're looking for. And this is so different than one thing that I want to mention too. Some people also use dating apps because they just want the hype of it. And I won't lie, I've been that girly. Story time, I remember when I first broke up with a long-term partner. We had dated for almost two and a half years. And one of the first things that I did was I ran right back to dating apps. Like I was like, I need validation and attention. How can I get that quick? Oh, dating apps. So I downloaded every single dating app under the sun. I made profiles on all of them. And I solely was matching with people and chatting with guys just for validation. I wanted to feel good about myself. I wanted to know that I was desirable. I wanted to feel sought after. And I think it's also a really great tool for it. And it sucks for people who you know, are on the dating app trying to actually take people on dates or meet people, like, I definitely would describe myself as flaky during that time of my life because I was just chatting with men and flirting and getting attention and telling them, you know, about me and talking about them and hearing about them. 
But I had no intentions of ever going out with them. I had no intentions of ever dating them. I had no intentions of actually meeting up with them. Like it was solely, I just needed attention and I wanted attention and I wanted to feel validated through attention. Is that healthy? Mm, mm, probably not. But did it work? Oh yeah, for sure. I felt like a bad bitch. I was like, all these men want me. Who want me? All these men do. And yeah, it gave me what I needed. I was going through a really hard breakup. So if you're mad about the fact that people look for validation on, on uh, dating apps, I don't know what to tell you because it works. You should try it sometime. <laughs> it's a lot of fun when you need that pick me up. But I digress. Dating apps are a wonderful, wild, crazy, awesome, quirky, I don't even know what else to say, place. They are changing the way that we connect with one another for the good and the bad. So let's start with the good. And then we're going to get into that ugly part of dating apps. So what are some of the pros of dating apps? So from a holistic perspective, anyone who uses a dating app is already getting more exposure to their local singles. And that's fantastic. Imagine back in the day before a dating app. The only way that you were meeting people was in person. And even if you were a social butterfly, you still don't meet that many people in your small town in your daily life. Like you go to the same school or you go to the same place of work and then you have your normal hangout spots and you have your circle of people that you see and whoever they might bring around. And that's that was how you found a partner. You either met them at work or at school or through a friend of a friend. Or, of course, those love movies where you ran into each other at a coffee shop or you touched hands at the grocery store, which I really doubt that actually works that way. At least it's never has for me, but... Regardless, you're limited so much back in the day before we had technology. With a dating app, you now can literally see in a 25 to 50 mile radius all of the singles who match your basic preferences. Like if you're a gay male, you're going to see other men who are gay or bi. Or if you're a female who is into males, you're going to see all of the straight males who are into females. So awesome. It's really great in that sense of exposing you to the local singles. Secondly, I think dating apps are really great because they take a little risk out of dating. So I never had the experience of just randomly meeting someone like out and about on the street and then being like, here's my number. But that terrifies me. And maybe that's just a Gen Zer thing. Like, cause I grew up in this world where like I've had a smartphone since I was 11 but, like, I could not imagine some rando on the street being like, hey, you're so beautiful. Give me your number. I'd be, like, obviously, like, flattered. But I don't know if I'd want to give them my number. I'd be like, you're weird. No. You can have my Instagram. DM me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I protect my phone number. Like, I don't want to give my phone number out. Like, you can have my Instagram handle. You could, you could maybe add me on Snapchat, but like, I don't know you like that. You don't need my phone number. <laughs> and I, more that I'm talking about it, I think that must be a Gen Z mentality because it like, it just would be so jarring to me to have someone ask me, but dating apps provide that because you don't have to meet that person face to face. You can get to know them digitally first. So having those conversations, chatting with them, seeing their pictures, having their social media presence, getting to do that internet creeping before you ever have to physically meet that person. I've been on a lot of really bad first dates that came from dating apps because 
sometimes you meet them in, online and they're a completely different person when you meet them in person because they put on a front on the internet. But at least I kind of had an idea of what I was going to and I was able to let my friends know, like, this is the person I'll be with. So if I go missing, here's his picture, here's his Instagram, here's his Facebook. Y'all are in charge of finding me if I go missing, right? But back in the day, it's like you would just have to hope that you didn't meet a complete weirdo who's going to be creepy in person. So I don't know. I like that you get to know each other better through dating apps before you actually have to commit to seeing them in person. I think another pro of a dating app is that you get to define how fast the person gets to know you. You can choose to not check your dating app. You can go a week, two weeks without checking it. You don't have to answer a message if you don't want to. You don't have to continue a conversation if you don't feel like you want to. You can just be like either direct, like, hey, like I'm no longer interested, unmatch them. Or you could just simply ghost, like you don't have to answer. There's no expectation on dating apps for you to actually answer messages because it's all just like shooting shots. Like everyone kind of understands the culture of dating apps, which is like, you don't owe anyone anything when you're on a dating app. It's just simply like people are trying to see if they're interested in connecting with you. And I think that's really cool. And then a final really big plus to dating apps, in my opinion, is for the LGBTQ community. I don't know how LGBTQ people met each other back in the day. Like, at all. Like, it had to be terrible. Growing up gay, like, I don't know what I would have done without a dating app. Like, I... That's how I met every gay in my hometown, was like, I saw them on either Grindr or, on t or Tinder. Like, there was just... There was no no other way of meeting gay people. I was the only openly gay kid in my high school until my ex-boyfriend, Andrew, who was on the podcast, came out when we started dating. And there was a couple other guys that are for sure gay, and now they're out now, and there was some lesbians who were in the closet, and we had some bisexual people and some asexual people and all that goodness sprinkled in. But when it came to people who were actually open, I was the first, and then my boyfriend, and then a bunch of other people started coming out, and like that was super cool. But like, yeah. It's a small, small network of LGBTQ people. So I don't understand how before dating apps, people in minority groups like the LGBTQ community, how were we connecting? Like how? And I guess the only thing I could think would be like, what, the bars? Maybe the little couple pride events that would occur. It's just so useful to have the internet in that sense when you're in a minority position because it's like I can actually meet like-minded people i can meet people who are also lgbtq without having to go to weird spaces that i might not be comfortable in and i think that that's really beautiful in a sense of like a pro for the dating app world right all right so yeah dating apps are fun and great and they are really helpful but they're also kind of the worst <laughs> so let's talk about some of the cons of dating apps right first off they have a highly accelerated hookup culture in our entire society, right? We are all instant gratification based at this point in this world, right? Like if it takes more than a minute, we all lose patience. Like that's why TikTok does so well because they're quick minute videos. Our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter as technology is making everything so fast. The same stuff has happened for dating. No one wants to spend a bunch of time and energy on dates anymore. Everyone's like, quickly just trying to like have fun they just want to get the satisfaction and that's great it's okay it's okay to want satisfaction it's okay to just want it to be easy and dating apps and hookups 
oh my god, they go hand in hand. It's unrefutable. Like, if you want to get sex, you can get on your phone, swipe for like an hour, and you can have someone at your door. Like, I can order a pizza just as fast as I could get dick to my door. And that's because of dating apps, y'all. Like, it's scary truthful. Like, if I really want to have intimacy when I was single, all I had to do was open an app on my phone and I could get a man over here. It's wild. It's crazy. And that's, it's just something that I think has pros and cons. Like, totally not here to shame anyone who's doing hookups. I've lived that life. I've been that girl. I had that part of my life. Totally cool with it. I think that if that's what you enjoy doing, then you you keep hooking up. You get your, your heart full of hookups. It's great. It's a great lifestyle for some people. But I do think it's hurting our culture in ways of like, for those who are looking for long term, for people who want something more serious, dating apps have set the like pre-notion of like, it's not that serious. But at the end of the day, intimacy and partners and, and dating and love is serious. So if the app is continuing to downplay relationships and everyone's expecting things just to miraculously happen, how can we continue to have healthy long-term relationships form? I don't know. It's just something that I think is clearly a problem with dating apps is that it is so instantaneous. Another issue with dating apps is that you don't know if the person you're talking to is real or not. A lot of dating apps have started adding functions. Like I remember right before I met my current boyfriend, Tinder added their authentication where like you take a picture and they'll actually give you a blue check if your picture is the pictures of the people on your profile because there are so many fake Tinders out there. And just like I said at the beginning of this podcast, they're all like, people have used my photos on dating apps that I am not on. So it's happening. It's happening all the time. And there are great ways to spot a catfish, which we could do a whole episode on that. And I'll bring Casey back from one of the earlier episodes because she is the queen of catching catfish. But at the end of the day, some people are really good at catfishing. Like you would not know it's not them. And that's scary truthful. You don't know who you're talking to on the internet. And it works both ways of like, you could... Be talking to someone who's lying not about their pictures, but it could be they're lying about their age. They're lying about their location. Like I've been talk I've talked to guys who like I'd be chatting with them, they're like, Oh yeah, by the way, I have, you know, dating app perks where I can change my location. I'm actually located in Utah. And I'm like, Okay, I'm in New York City, so how I don't know how you think Utah and New York City are neighbors, but we're not. I suppose So how are we supposed to date? I'm not interested in long distance. Like your feelings get hurt or whatever. And at least for me, because I catch feelings fast. I like to act like I'm a cold hearted bitch, but I am a softy deep down. So I normally catch feelings quick. And so it would hurt my feelings. I'm like, wow, I've been chatting with you. You're perfect. You're super sexy. And like, we have great conversations, but I don't want to date you long distance. Like, hear me out. Long distance works for some people. And like, if you really want it to work, it will work. I'm a big believer in that it can work, especially when circumstances happen like maybe your partner takes a job across the country or they have to move suddenly or whatever, who knows. But for me, I'm not trying to date long distance. I'm too much of a physical touch person. It just wouldn't work for me, right? So another con of dating apps is that we are forgetting how to interact with one another in public spaces. 
Like, hear me out. I <laughs> think COVID really did a number on us all. And that sense of, like, we have forgotten how to behave face-to-face. Like, I am struggling even now. Like, I went back to working a retail job. And I struggle with approaching people to talk to them about what we're selling. And I struggle with spaces that are overtly crowded now. Like... I have to take the subway to and from school and to and from work and sometimes the cart will get too packed and I'm sitting there like one, obviously COVID, but two, there's just so many people. I don't know how to handle being around big crowds anymore. But with dating apps, it gets even harder because we almost forget how to interact with someone intimately, like how to even just sit and have coffee or how to first like say hello and start a conversation with someone who you find attractive. I think it's taking away from a little bit of even the chivalry we used to see with dating. Like men don't try to come and bring me like flowers for a first date. (laughs) They don't even hold doors sometimes. Like I've been on some first dates through dating apps where like they didn't hold the door. There was like no like introduction it was just like a quick like hey let's go and i'm like i don't know you like that like i don't know it's just taking away some of those like really special moments of dating i feel like like i remember specifically i went on this one date and like let me tell y'all this man had been messaging me for a very long time on a dating app and i honestly ignored it for a while because like he was good looking but he like wasn't like thrilling as a person like his bio didn't catch me he wasn't really doing anything that I thought we had commonalities and interest in so I was just like whatever like you're a good looking man but like you don't seem like my type well finally like after a few months I was just like okay whatever I ended up chatting with him so we had this like great conversation and we ended up talking for like a week and I was like you know what like I'm gonna give this man a chance like I thought we didn't have any common interest or anything But you know what? The conversations have been really good. He's really sweet and he's actually really good at like flirting. Like, you know, he like he was saying all the right things, doing all the right things. Like, okay, awesome. Like, I'm going to let this man take me on a date. So I was still an undergrad and he shows up to my dorm and (laughs) I was an RA. So I knew the RA staff and we had duty on weekends where we had to sit at a table in our lounge. And so I had gone down to the lounge area. He was going to meet me there and we were going to go hang out. And so I'm chatting with my co-RAs or whatever. And I was showing them pictures of him. And I was like, oh my God, like this guy's going to come. We've been talking for a while, giving them the tea. And they're like, ooh, like he's good looking. Like this is really exciting. You have to tell us how it goes. I was like, girl, you don't know if I'll be back to tell you. Because like they have to sit till two in the morning on weekends. And I was like, I might not even be back by then. Because, you know, little scandalous undergrad boy. And they were laughing and I was laughing. It was all great and dandy. Until he shows up. And he looks nothing like his photos. When I'm telling you that this man was using photos from like three or four years ago, he was using old, old photos. Like, I didn't even know it was him when he showed up. And I was just like, oh no. And like my friends who were the RAs, they just looked at me and I could see the panic in their eyes too. Like we were all on the same page like, oh no, this is... This is bad, bad. So I was like, ah, shit. Like, I gotta just, like, I gotta get out of this. How am I gonna, how am I gonna get out of this? Like, I don't know what to do. 
So, like, the mature and appropriate thing would have been to, like, simply tell him that, like, the vibe wasn't there and, like, to, like, kindly let him down and, like, excuse myself or be like, I don't, I'm not sure if I want to go on this date now. I, of course, didn't do that. (laughs) I decided to panic text the RAs that I was friends with who were on duty and tell them to come to my room because, like, at that point, I was like, hey, let's just go upstairs real quick. I forgot something. I ran into my bathroom and I'm panic texting them. And I'm like, guys, like, come up to my room and say that there's some emergency going on in the hall and, like, all RAs need to report, blah, 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 blah. I got to get out of this. <laughs> and so they ended up coming and the one girl, she knocked on my door and she's like, hey, like, there's this stuff going on in the hall. Like, you got to come, like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I got to go. <laughs> And it's not the first time that that, something like that has happened. Like, I remember this was (laughs) back with my best friend. I invited this man to come hang out with me. And he, like, drove an hour and a half to come see me. And the vibes were not there. Like, he was not the same way that he was online. His pictures were the same. He looked like he was supposed to, which is always great to start off with. But... (laughs) He just, it was weird. We had weird vibes, weird energy. I was just like, I am uncomfortable. I need to get out of this. So I called my best friend from the bathroom and was like, hey girl, like I need you to call me back in like 10 minutes and I need you to be crying and I need you to tell me that there is an emergency and I have to go. And so she did that because she's a homie and like, she's like bawling on the phone to me about something with like her grandma and I need to come and help her right away. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like I have to go. Like this is an emergency and you know, I'm not proud of it. Like I said, the mature thing would be to just kindly let the person know that the vibe is off and you're no longer interested. And I like to think in my mature age of 23 now, I might perhaps take that route. (laughs) But yeah, if all else fails, get a good best friend to get you out of the situation. Like have a homie on deck that can call you and tell you that there's an emergency. Cause like, that's another issue when it comes to dating apps. Like you can only get to know someone over the internet so well. And some people put on fronts that either catfish with old photos or photos that are over edited and like they don't look like that at all or they are personality catfishing where like on the phone they're like one thing but the moment you meet them in person they're a complete other and like it's not cool like it throws the vibes up so bad all right y'all so we went over some pros and some cons of dating apps now i really want to just take a second to talk about like tips for using dating apps right (laughs) so i think that the best thing you can do on dating apps is be authentic. Like you need to be yourself. And I know that sounds like super cheesy and lame, like something that you would tell your middle school little brother or sister, but it is the truth. Like you need to be authentically yourself. And I think that goes past even dating apps, just dating in general. Like how can you expect someone to fall in love with you or want to be with you if you're not truly portraying yourself the way that you are, right? You should want someone to want to be with the realist you, not some fake you are portrayed you. 
You don't want someone to fall in love with pictures that aren't authentic to the way that you look. I think it's just important to be yourself. Like, put updated photos. Put, you know, true information about your work or school situations. It just makes it easier to be real and true to who you are. And avoids a lot of those negative conversations. That's my first tip. Just be authentic. Be yourself. Secondly, show personality on your profile. Your bio is a great opportunity for you to show the kind of person you are. If you're quirky or funny or you're into certain things, like that's where you need to showcase it. Same thing with like if there's like the interest sections or ways that you can answer the questions or prompt sections, like utilize those features. People want to get to know you and like the more interesting that you seem on your profile, the more likely you are to get messages. I want to take a section to talk about just the photos that you should be using for your (laughs) dating apps. I am so sick of people using group pictures as their first and second and sometimes even their third images on their dating apps because then I don't know which one you are. Like, and I guess it could be a tactic if like, you know, maybe looks aren't your strongest suit to bring to the table. Like, if you have some good looking friends, like take some group pics and like, kind of like a mystery which one of us are you talking to but like if i'm trying to get to know who you are i want to know which one you are so like you can have a group pick or two but don't lead with it you need to have your first picture be a solo photo of you like you need to just show who you are because a lot of times dating apps starts off with the trivial physical looking like i want to see a picture of you and i'll swipe yes or no on that and then if we match i'll read your profile And then if you message me, I might even go and read all the way down your profile. (laughs) And that's just the truth of it. So you want to have good photos. And I would say another thing to avoid is over-edited slash filtered photos. Like, don't put a Snapchat filter photo as your first picture or even any of them, to be honest with you. Like, it's, I want to see your face. I don't want to see a flower crown or puppy ears. I don't want to see, like peaches on your like cheeks like I just want to be able to see your face so some good selfies that show who you are that look up to date that are true to the way that you are are really important and then sprinkle in some fun stuff like you can have a couple group pics like you have a really cool picture of you and the boys hanging out on a Saturday or you are at a beach with one of your best friends and you look good in the bikini like I get it like a hundred percent add those photos too but you need to have some strong selfies mixed in there and then finally don't ignore messages like (laughs) what is the point of being on an app if you're not going to talk to anyone like you need to like swipe people and then also message first or message back i used to be the kind of person to be like they have to message me first no Not everyone's going to have time to message you first. And it's a dating app. Like, if you're getting a lot of matches, like, I remember one time on Tinder, I had, like, 4,000 matches. I, you got to message first because you don't know the other person's situation. They might have a lot of matches. And if you want to be seen, you should drop the message first. Or just because some people aren't in the mentality of messaging first, take the lead on it. But utilize it and if you know you're not going to check the app regularly but you are hitting it off with someone move to a different app then so the conversation keeps going nothing's worse than when you're having a really good conversation on a dating app and then the person like ghosts for four days 
and then they come back and like, oh my God, work and school is so busy. And I'm like, no, I, I understand. Like, obviously, like I can understand you're a busy human outside of the dating app world, but like, it just sucks. It sucks. Like if you're vibing with someone and then all of a sudden they just stop messaging. So if you can't be consistent on the dating app, if you're hitting it off with somebody, offer to move to a social media platform that you do check daily. Like I didn't check my dating apps every day, but I check Instagram every day. I check my Snapchat every day. So I would switch those with people on my dating apps. I'd be like, hey, like, I really like the vibe we have. Let's chat on Instagram or hey, add me on Snap. Those are great ways to keep that conversation going. And then finally, be safe on the internet. You don't know who you're talking to. Before you make plans to meet someone, make sure that you are finding out who they are the best you can. I always suggest adding them on Snapchat and snapping them because you can't fake that. Make sure that they are actually sending you a photo, like a live photo or video. Um, do a little creep on their social platforms, like ask for their Instagram, add them on Facebook, that kind of thing. Like creep them on the internet. Make sure that like there isn't any red flags out there. Another great thing to do is like don't give your phone number out right away. Like guys would ask for my phone number and I'd be like, I'm not really comfortable with that, but like you can add me on a other social platform like Instagram or Snapchat. And then finally, if you are going to meet up with these people, make sure that you have your location shared with somebody. You have a smartphone, right? Like you're using your dating app on it. Share your location. Like my mom has my location. My brother has my location. My best friend has my location. My boyfriend now has my location. My cousin Haley has my location. Like I've given my location to set people who that I know I can trust. And then if I'm going to go out with a stranger, like back when I was single, I would tell like my best friend, like I'm going out with this person. If I say something really off the wall to you via text, something is wrong, come and find me right away. It's a sad truth, but you don't know who you're talking to on the internet and you just have to practice safely. So share your location, let someone know where you're going, have a code word, have some type of system set up. And yeah, I think that those are some of my best tips for doing well on the internet and dating on dating platforms. So let's jump into some questions of the week, y'all. So if you don't know the spiel yet, let's go through it real quick. You can submit your questions to me on TikTok by leaving them in the comments, or you can DM me on Instagram, either at my own personal Instagram or the podcast Instagram. So you can find me, Cody, on social media at O-H-H-K-O-D-Y. For anyone who's brand new and finding me for the podcast, hello. Find me on my social media, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, my big ones, and I'm on YouTube as well, O-Cody, O-H-H-K-O-D-Y. Or the podcast has its own IG, which is boytalk underscore podcast. Definitely follow that. I do I updates about the podcast. I tell you about the episodes. I drop little sneak peeks and little teasers. I do quizzes and questions, that kind of thing. So definitely check out the Instagram. Definitely submit some questions and let's jump into it. So I talked a lot this week, so there's probably only going to be time for two quick questions. The first one that we're going to discuss is all about compromising in relationships. So this question was submitted to me on Instagram, and they were asking me about how do you know if you are over compromising to the point where you are changing yourself? And I think it's a really important question, which is why I wanted to discuss it on the podcast this week. In life, you're going to have to compromise, right? It's just part of the way the world works, especially when it is with relationships. 
Your partner's needs, wants, and desires are going to be different than yours, and they're going to need things in different ways that you may not be used to, and that's okay to adjust and compromise. But there does come a point where you have to decide, is this taking away from who I am as a person, or is this altering my own self so much that I can't be happy with it? So in the past, I've had to compromise in ways like, I prefer a partner who likes to take more of the lead in planning things. Like, I don't really like having to schedule stuff out for dates and all that. I'm kind of a brat. Like, I want to be taken out. I want to be taken care of. Even with some of my most dominant partners, I still have to be responsible for planning things. Like, I've had to compromise. Like, I have to do that. I've also had partners who'd say, like, hey, like, I don't mind planning things all the time, but... Once in a while, I need you to step up. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I can do that. And so now I have a pretty healthy mix of that. Like, I understand that, like, I have to also take the lead sometimes. And that's something that I had to learn. It was a compromise I had to make. And I grew from it. And it's something that I ended up adapting for the rest of my life. I was like, yeah, I like this. I'm going to stick with it. Another compromise that I made that was, like, super important was that I, like, having sex every day, right? Like, if it was my way, I would have sex every single day. Not every person you date is going to be like that. And that's fine. We all have different preferences. So like you just, I've had to talk with my partners and be like, okay, cool. Like you don't have sex every day. I do. Let's agree that one to four times a week is fair. And as long as we're in that ballpark, then we're good. Like my needs are being met. Your needs are being met and we're both happy. And it's just about having that communication. Like that's a healthy compromise. It becomes unhealthy when it's like, They are expecting you to change things that you can't change or you don't want to change. So like an example would be if someone were to ask you to stop emotionally reacting a certain way. Like it's one thing for someone to say, hey, like I want you to grow in the way that you manage your emotions. Like sometimes you jump off the deep end and get a little too angry right away. That's a fair critique. Like, hey, like you need to be more mature with your emotions and handle them in a a healthy way. It's another thing for someone to say, you cry too much. Like you're such a little baby. I don't want to be with someone who cries so much. You need to stop crying. That's not healthy. That's not normal. Another unhealthy way for compromise is like if someone's like, well, I don't want to always be the top. So you're going to have to top once in a while. But if you're a strict bottom and you don't want to top and you don't like topping, that's not a compromise you have to make. So you see what I'm saying? It's like you have to know when a compromise is no longer a compromise and they're trying to change you. Like your sexual preference is something that you shouldn't compromise with. You should be finding someone who you connect with sexually. So like if you prefer being a bottom, date a top or a verse. And the verse has to know that you're not willing to top and they have to be okay with that. Same ideas if you're a verse. Like, if you know that you have to have a verse partner in a sense of, like, you need to be able to be top and bottom, then you shouldn't be dating strict bottoms or tops because they aren't going to be able to sexually provide for you. And you shouldn't ask people to change those things. Same ideas with, like, emotions. Like, if someone's telling you you're not allowed to be an emotional person at all, like, they're completely saying that, like, your emotions are unvalid and you're too emotional and it's ruining everything. You need to learn how to be better that is so different than someone asking you to, to work on healthy processing of emotion. 
You should never feel unvalidated and you shouldn't be told that you need to change who you are. Same ideas of things that are really big to you. Like if your life goal is to have kids, you shouldn't date someone who hates children and is telling you that there's no way they're ever going to have kids and to stay with them, you have to commit to not having children. Like if you know that your goal is to have children one day, then you need to find a partner who also wants to have children. So you have to start to recognize when compromising is no longer a compromise, it's unhealthy change and you're not being true to yourself. And the truth of it is, is if you're making too many compromises or you're making really harsh compromises that are taking away from your personal identity or your personal goals and aspirations, your relationship is going to fall apart anyways, because you're going to build frustration and resentment, even if it is subconscious to the point where you will just start to hate the person you're dating and you're just going to start fighting and there's going to be issues. And next thing you know, you're going to break up anyways. So that goes back to my big thing I keep saying all the time on the podcast and I talk about all the time on my TikTok. It's about compatibility, y'all. It's about what you want to do and who you want to do it with and how you want it to be. And it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to break up with someone because you're not compatible. It's okay to not date somebody because you catch on really quick that you're not compatible. It doesn't make you selfish. It doesn't make you uh, unagreeable. So I hope that helps with that question because that's a really big deal. And I think that it's something that we have a hard time with is like, when is compromising too much? So that being said, I hope that y'all learned something this week. If you're not on dating apps and you're single, definitely give them a try. I highly recommend. Uh, use some of my tips. Make sure your profile is popping. Add some personality to it. Let people see the real you. Be yourself. Have a good week. Get dick. Do whatever you want. Be over the fuck you are. You are amazing. You're doing fantastic. I love y'all and I will see you next week.